Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. We'll start with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia a woman, that she could attend unto the things which were spoken. Turn us from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to you. And I ask this in the name of your child, Jesus. Amen. If you will turn with me to John 10, verse 34, Jesus answered the Pharisees, the Sadducees, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God. If he then called him gods, unto whom the word of God came, and this is what we're after, and the scripture cannot be broken. I hope by this time this verse is getting in your heart. The scripture cannot be broken. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the word. The word was with Father in heaven, and the word came down here and became a man. Jesus is the word. The word can't be broken. You can't break Jesus. And not only that, Jesus said he's the rock. You can stand on that word. And that word will hold when you mix your faith. And that's what activates it. That's what makes it work is your faith. When you put your faith in that word and you stick with it, it has to come to pass. It cannot be broken. Now, if you will turn with me to 1 Peter 3, the reason for these meetings. You know, God ordained these meetings. And they don't only help you, they help me. God is such a loving God. Chapter 3 of 1 Peter, verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That's part of walking this. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the behavior of the wives. If you look at that, you will realize that God is not going to require you to sin to be in subjection to your husband. He's not saying sin with your husband. He's saying be in subjection right here. May with the word be won by the conversation, the behavior of the wife. That means the wife's not going around sinning. You know how she's in subjection to her husband? She's praying like crazy in the bedroom. And you know what the prayer in the bedroom gets? So that you can be in subjection to the husband. God will make sure the husband changes. I've watched it. And it goes vice versa too. The husband's in the garage praying for the wife. And things start to mesh. All right. Verse 2. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. It's not what you wear, ladies. It's what you are on the inside. It's what you are on the inside. When you have Jesus on the inside, it doesn't matter what you're wearing on the outside. It'll show through. You will find that the beauty comes out. That's what we are. That, that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek 
and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. God considers it a great price if that woman can be in a meek and a quiet spirit that does not count going after the devil. Jesus was a meek man. He said it. I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus is meek and lowly in heart. That's how we get to be meek. We get Jesus in us. But we all know there were times where Jesus wasn't so meek. And that's what we are when we have Jesus in us. And we're going to take a look today at some of that Jesus in us. But first, let's go to Luke 4. I know we do these verses every week, but they will get into your hearts. And you can lean on them. You can go to them when you are in a fight. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. He has spent 40 days in the wilderness. He has overcome the devil in the wilderness for a season. The devil will meet him on every corner. But Jesus has overcome to the point now he's ready to start his ministry. No, Jesus never did one single miracle until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Not one. Why not? Because he was a man. He had to become a man. And he had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then as soon as he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, God sent him into the wilderness to overcome the devil. You will find in your walk with God, a lot of you will end up in the wilderness. Thank God if God puts you in the wilderness. Thank God. He put me in the wilderness. I had a little sign on my refrigerator. The wilderness of Frisco. Population, I think it was four. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The Father knew he had a brokenhearted people, and that's why he sent Jesus. Isn't that wonderful to know when you are in your room and you are trying to overcome your own soul and you got everybody around you going nuts, your kids, your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, your co-workers, they're all going nuts. You can go back to here. God knew it. And that's why he sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. He knew where we were captive and he knew our own sin got us there, but he sent Jesus anyway. He said in the recovering of the sight to the blind, not knowing, do you know, I spent almost well, 20 some years in denominational churches and I never knew the love of God. Why? My eyes were blinded. And nobody there knew. Because if they had, they'd have preached it. But God sent me to a place that knew it. That had been in the wilderness. That had walked it. That had gotten that revelation of the gospel. And God said, I think it was December of 1983. He said, I'm going to send you someplace where you are going to learn how to follow me. Well, guess what? If that Jesus was doing that, then the person he was sending to me must know how to follow Jesus. And he did. And he taught me. 30 years I've been here. No, it didn't happen in a week. It didn't happen in five years. It took 30. But you know what? I can stand. I can stand. And you say in yourself, you mean it takes 30 years? Well, what are you going to do 30 years from now? So what if it takes 30? So what if it takes 60? So what if it takes a hundred as long as you get there? Now, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. We are going to look at righteousness today. 
We have talked about how the blood of Jesus justified us. How the blood of Jesus redeemed us, was our ransom. We talked about how it was our forgiveness and that forgiveness led to justification. Well, you know, if you look at all these, they're kind of like a step. They kind of each have their platform. They have, you get a little higher. First, you get your sins forgiven. That's wonderful. But then you go a little higher with justification. And then you go to be redeemed. And that's even a little better than just being justified. Not only are you standing there with all your sins gone, now you're redeemed. You are ransomed from the power of the devil. And then we go another step. We are not only justified and redeemed, now we're going to be made righteous. Now we are going to be made righteous. Righteousness and justification are very close together. There's one thing about righteousness I want to bring out today. I struggled with this for a long time. God knows it. And I prayed it through. And God showed me something that I had not seen as well as I've seen it today. And we take a step up. We are going to righteousness. Now, First uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not, that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus was righteous. Now, what does that mean, Jesus was righteous? Well, we know in John 11, Jesus said to the Father, he went there to raise Lazarus. And he said in front of other people, he said, Father, I'm saying this in front of everybody so everybody hears it because you and I know this. But he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. And I know you hear me always. You hear me always. Why did God hear Jesus always? Because he was righteous. Because he was righteous. Everything that Jesus said to God, God heard. Heard everything that Jesus said. Listened to all his prayers. Jesus got every prayer he prayed answered. Why? He was righteous. Jesus Christ the righteous. If you look up that word and you study it out, you know what righteous means? Being in the state of acceptable to God. In other words, right standing with God. Jesus had the right standing with God. He could come in that door anytime he wanted to. Why? God always heard his prayers. Why? Everything Jesus did worked. Why? He was righteous. And you say, well, that's because he was Jesus. Jesus was a man like you and I. And you will find when we read this why he had to be a man and not a God. Jesus was not a God when he was on the earth. He had the spirit of Jesus in a body, in a man's body. But he couldn't do any of the godly abilities. He took it all off when he left heaven. He emptied himself of all that power. So now he's a man. He's a man on earth, but he still is righteous. Righteous. That's our goal. Turn with me to Romans 3, 19. It says, Now we know whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law. The Ten Commandments. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. If you have walked in this at all, you know that those Ten Commandments talk to you every day. And we've had a comment here, and I've seen it true. The more you say, thou shalt not, the more you will. Go to verse 19. There's hope. Now we know that whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That's why God gave the law, so you could find out you can't do this. 
20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. Can you read that verse? I'll read it again for you. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, following the Ten Commandments, there shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. What are you doing trying to follow the Ten Commandments? There's something so much better. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Jesus was righteous. He was in a state acceptable of God. The door was open anytime. Without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law. Moses talked about it. There's a time coming. There's a time coming. There's another man coming just like me. And he's going to be so much better. All the prophets kept pointing. Look, look, there's one coming. There's one coming. They didn't say they were it. They all pointed. There's one coming. And he is going to be so much better than what we have. And by the grace and mercy and love of God, you and I have been born after that one came. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, a place where you are acceptable in God's eyes, right standing, right standing. God can't point at you and say there's something wrong with you. You can't come in. Right standing. That's righteousness. That says even the righteousness of God, which is how? By faith of Jesus Christ. By faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all, unto all. Unto all. We can all be righteous. We can all be righteous. It says, for there is no difference. And upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And that next verse says, for all have sinned and come short, fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know that that person over there is no more righteous than you are? I don't care how they act. It says by the word that they all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we look and we say, oh, that person, they're just so righteous and they're so much better than me. They have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when God gets you to the place where you see how unrighteous you are, it's so much easier to believe that that one is just as unrighteous as you and you are just as unrighteous as that one. Now, For all have sinned, all have sinned, and come short, fallen short. We have all fallen short. And there's a lot of us that have felt that way. We have fallen short of the glory of God, the honor of God. So the next verse, being justified, having all your sins totally taken away, being justified freely, freely. It's free. It's free. Getting all your sins wiped off the board is free. Wiped out of the book, I guess is a better way to put it. Because the books will be open. Do you know you can get that book wiped clean? You can have everything erased to when they open the books, there's nothing in there. 
Do you know it's free? Do you know it's free? But you know our hearts, we don't want to make it free. But it's free. It's free. Freely given to us. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God has set forth Jesus to be the appeasement through faith in his blood. How did we get that wiped clean? We got it through the blood of Jesus. We are justified. We are made righteous through the blood of Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else. Oh, we want to make it something else. Well, I go to church every Sunday. That does not make you righteous. Oh, I help that old lady across the street. That does not make you righteous in God's eyes. Nothing makes you righteous but the blood of Jesus. None of us can match up to the righteousness in Jesus. None of us can. We all fall short. Thank God when we realize we all fall short but the righteousness is free. It's free. Let's go on. Set forth to be a propitiation, an appeasement through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Do you realize that God didn't punish you for what you've done yet? You know how I know? You're still here. I'm still here. God held off. Punishing us for our sins until he could get us to Jesus. That's love, folks. That's love. We didn't die in the middle of the sin. Thank God. He held it off. Forbearance. Forbearance of God held it off until he could get you to Jesus. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. That righteousness of Jesus. That he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. The justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Now, I want us to go to chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Who was that one man? That one was Adam. You know, Adam was righteous. Adam was made in the image of God, in the image of Jesus, and he was righteous. He had no sin. He didn't even know what sin was. And he hung around with God in the garden. He didn't even have to wear any clothes. He had nothing to hide. He was that close to God. He was righteous. You know, God gave him the earth. You, you have dominion over this whole planet. He gave Adam dominion over the whole planet. He said, whatever you say, here goes. And what did Adam do? He gave it to Satan. He sold out and he gave it to Satan for a piece of fruit. From a pretty little wife. He sold out. So. Wherefore as by one man. Sin entered into the world. And death by sin. We all die because of sin. If we didn't have that sin. We wouldn't have died. It says wherefore as by one man. Sin entered the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. We saw that in chapter 3. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude 
of Adam's transgression, who was the figure. Adam was the figure of the one to come. That one to come was Jesus. Adam was made to be like Jesus. But he fell. But that never stopped Jesus from coming. Jesus was coming before Adam was even created. Now, not as the offense, so also is the gift that cannot compare. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, that's Adam, much more the grace, the grace of God, and the gift by grace, which is by one man. Do you see that word? By one man. The gift of grace by one man. Jesus was a man. By one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the man. Not Jesus Christ the half man and half God. He had to be a man. We've said this before. He had to be a man because he had to die. You can't kill a God. Jesus had to die. He had to put back what Adam messed up. And to do that, he had to die. He had to get us righteous again. And to do that, he had to die. Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many, many offenses under justification. We lost the whole world on one sin. All humanity dies. But in all the sins that have ever been created, all the sins that have ever been done, it was fixed by one man, Jesus. It was fixed by one man, and it's free. It's free. Do you see it's free? It is not how you act. It is not how you feel. It is not what you see with your eyes or hear with your ears. The word of God cannot be broken. It's free. So is the gift. For the judgment by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses, no matter how much you have sinned. There is no limit. There is no minimum requirement. There is no maximum requirement. It says by many offenses. But I've sinned a whole bunch. That justification will cover it. It's free. It is free. And here's the verse we're getting to. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more. Much more. They which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness shall reign, shall reign in life by Christ Jesus. The gift of righteousness bought with that blood, bought with the blood of Jesus, the gift of righteousness, the gift of being in the right standing with God. The gift, it's free. It is for you for free. You don't work for it. It is a gift to be in the right standing with God is a gift. And it can.
came through the blood of Jesus. You can stand in God's presence just like Jesus did because it was given to you as a gift. And do you know what's wonderful about this gift? About this word that can't be broken? About this truth that will bound through your life? You can be in a place where you don't feel righteous, but you're righteous anyway. It is not you that made you righteous. The blood made you righteous. The blood is what made you righteous. Not the way you act, thank God. You know, I ran into this yesterday. That for some reason, something was quirked, and I just didn't feel righteous. And I was trying to figure it out what it was. What did I do? What in the world? Why is it that I don't feel this way? What is going on? And then I finally realized, who cares? Because it's messing me up. I stood there. I am righteous by the blood. By what Jesus did. Jesus did it. I didn't do it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't deserve it. But he did it anyway. I am righteous anyway. I don't feel righteous. Who's asking you how you feel? You are righteous anyway. It doesn't look righteous. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You are righteous by the blood. He did it anyway. Your righteousness was bought with the blood of Jesus. It has nothing to do with how you look, how you act, where you came from. And if you mix your faith with that, you will see things change. And I did. I stood in our house and I started saying, I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. It has nothing to do with how I feel. And you know what? Jesus spilled his blood long before I even had feelings. I didn't even exist. That blood was shed for me. I am righteous by that blood that was shed for me. I am righteous by that blood, not by how I feel, not by what I see, not by how I look. That's what made me righteous. And you know what? That's when I overcame. That's when I overcame. I walked out of that room righteous and got things done that needed done. That is the blood of Jesus. That's what it does to you. It makes us righteous where we can stand before God. You can't start that process of being made righteous until you are born again. Jesus himself said you must be born again. Your church didn't say it. Jesus said it. Society doesn't say it. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. The one you say that you follow. Well, Jesus said you must be born again. And what does it mean to be born again? It means to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And when Jesus comes into your heart, you are born by the Spirit. You are born again. All you have to do is ask Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. And he will. He's waiting for you to do that. That's why you're listening to this. That's why you feel the way you do. Because Jesus is after you. And he's only after you because he loves you. 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.